Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heath Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. How many of those decisions are fear-based decisions? Now who want to raise their hand? We all make decisions, but how many of those are fear-based decisions? And this is what we're going to talk about today because as people of God, we cannot make fear-based decisions because what fear-based decisions will do, it will, uh, it will make you make long-term results and consequences based off of temporary conditions. What do I mean by that? Something may be wrong right now in your situation in your life, and you make a decision that can affect you for the next 20 years. However, that situation was only really going to last for a week. So you made a 20-year decision based off a one-week problem. And there your life has changed. Amen? So fear-based decisions. How many know that we don't want to be in... We don't want to have these fear-based decisions in our life. Amen? Amen. We don't want to deal with fear-based decisions in our life because, again, when we accept fear-based decisions, we can take our temporary situation and make long-term decisions based off of that. I know I'm not the only one that has made temporary decisions into long-term troubles. You know, short-term pleasure, long-term pain. Amen. It might be fun today, but it's going to cost you a lot of pain. Some of us still digging out of holes that we dug when we was 20. Amen. Because we made a temporary decision and everything looked like it was going to turn out all right. But then now, 20 years later, it's like, oh, Lord, why did I do that? So for the young people in the room today, but you already got the 20 years in advance. Don't make some of the decisions that you're going to have to dig yourself out of 20 years from now. Because it could take 20 years to do the digging, amen? amen? But now, of course, this is church, amen? So we got to put scripture to it. Everybody turn their Bibles in 1 Samuel chapter 11. And we're going to really look at this thing about fear-based decisions and, and what it leads to and, and, and how you really need to deal with it. 1 Samuel chapter 11. 1 Samuel chapter 11. <clears throat> Starting at verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 11, starting at verse 1. It says, Now Nahash the Ammonites came up, came up and besieged Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve you. But Nahash the Ammonite said to them, I will make it with you on this condition that I will gouge out the right eye of every one of you. Thus I will make it a reproach on all Israel. The elders of Jabesh said to him, let us alone for seven days that we may send messengers throughout the territory of Israel. Then if no one to the, is, then if there is no one to deliver us, we will come out to you. Then the messengers came to Gilbah of Saul 
and spoke these words in the hearing of the people. And all the people lifted up their voices and wept. Now behold, Saul was coming from the field behind the oxen, and he said, What is the matter with the people that they weep? So they related to him the words of the men of Jabesh. Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul mightily when he heard these words, and he became very angry. He took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces and sent them throughout the territory of Israel by the hand messengers, by the hand of the messengers, saying, Whoever does not come out after Saul and after Samuel, so shall it be done to his oxen. Then the dread of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out as one man. Amen. First Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 through 7. We have here a story about people making fear-based decisions. But I like to call it a covenant of despair. See, we have to be careful of a covenant of despair. You might be making a covenant and not even realizing it. You might be making a covenant of despair and not even realizing it. A covenant of condemnation and not even realizing it. A covenant of depression and not even realizing it. See, right here in this story we have in verse 1, it says, Now Nahash the Ammonite came up and besieged Jabesh Gilead, and all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve you. Make a covenant with us and we, I, we will serve you. To give you some background, Nahash the uh, Ammonite, the Ammonites were, were, were enemies of Israelites. Now they were, Nahash was the leader of the Ammonites at this point and they were going around killing off a lot of people and this, that, and the other. So there was a lot of fear of this, of this group and of this man. Now he comes up on Jabesh, the, the group, the tribe in, that's living in the land of Jabesh. And they come, he comes up to them ready to destroy, and the first thing they say is, what? Let us make a covenant with you so that we'll be safe. Let us make a covenant with you and we'll serve you. Let us make a covenant with you so you won't destroy us. Let us serve you. Let me make a temporary let me make a long-term decision based off of this temporary condition. Let me make a covenant with you, Nahash. But it's very important who Nahash is because we got to realize in the Old Testament, here's a little theologian agree right here, in the Old Testament is always a foreshadowing of Christ. The Old Testament is Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed. So right here we got Nahash is translated in the Hebrew to mean serpent. So we have the serpent right here in the Old Testament, the enemy, the devil. He's coming up to Jabesh in the land of Jabesh to a group of Israelites. Israelites is the church. So now you have the serpent coming to the to these people of the church and he's saying, I'm finna take y'all out. But right then they say, No, let us make a covenant with you. Let us come into let us come into treaty with you. Because we don't wanna we don't wanna die right now. But see, it's important to even know what Jabesh means. Jabesh means dry. So see, these were some dry folks. Meaning they didn't have, they weren't wetted up with the word. They weren't wetted up with the anointing. They was found in a weakened spot. See, because these people were outcasts even from the Israelites. Because they had got attacked even by the Israelites. They were kind of pushed off and outcast. So the enemy came up 
and tried to remind them of their past. Tried to remind them of how defeated they were, how 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 downtrodden they were, how messed up they were. And he was reminding them of that. And that's what he tried to do to us. You, you you used to be this way. You used to act like that. You used to cuss folks out. You used to whore around. You used to do drugs. You used to drink. You used to cuss. You used to fuss. You used to do all that. So why don't you why don't you go ahead and get back in the covenant with me again? See, the devil wants to remind you of your past. And see, he'll catch you when your spirit is down and broken. Like we talked about last week, that you were so broke that you couldn't pay attention to what God is about to do. Because what the enemy is doing looks so big, so great, and so bad that you say, I don't know, not right now. Don't hit me right now. I, I, I'm, on, I'm taking my eight count, but I don't want you to hit me no more. Let me come into covenant with you. Let me, let me do, let me, let me serve you. And see, that's what the enemy will do. He'll try to take you in the covenant with him so much so that you'll think you're able to live in peace with the enemy. And then you end up sleeping and being intimate with the enemy. And they believe that they could do this. But see, here, here go the enemy. He always come with conditions. See, the covenant going to always come with conditions. Even God's covenant comes with conditions because he said we must submit, incline our ears, submit, and follow after him. So there's always a condition to a contract. So when you come into covenant with somebody or something, always know that that's going to be a condition. Ask them, what's the condition? Why you want Why you want to be my friend? Why you want to hang out with me? Why do you really want to be in my life? What's the real thing? No, let's, let's skip around the representative. I, I know your representative that can make you look good, but let's cut to the chase. What are you really here for? Give me the conditions. Give me the conditions. And so Nahash the serpent, because we know the serpent based off of Genesis is what? He's a very stealthy and, and very cunning and, and very, very crafty creature. So Nahash says, okay, because how many know the devil to say, okay? He say, okay. I'll make it with you on this condition. Amen. On this condition. I made this covenant. I ain't got no problem making the covenant with you. I, I, I want you anyway. He says, but I want to gouge your right eye out of each and every one of you. And when I do that, I'm going to use that as a reproach on Israel. What does reproach mean? It means I'm going to gouge your eye out, but then I'm only going to do it. The only reason I'm really doing it is so that you can be a disgrace to the people. So the only reason I'm going to gouge your eye out is so you can be a disgrace to the church. So you can be a disgrace to show that the power of God really don't work like they say that them church folks say it do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust you down. I'm going to break you down because I really want to put you on display for the people to say, well, God really ain't as powerful as he say he is. God really don't work like he say he do. God really ain't a healer like he say he is. God really ain't a provider like he say he is. I'm going to gouge your eye out. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to destroy you. I just want you to walk around blame, broke, busted, and disgusted while you still in church so that people can say, see, that's why I don't go to church. Because they go to church but they still broke, busted, and disgusted. But that's because they agreed to a covenant with the enemy and never realized it. Yeah, you can sit up in church and still agree in the covenant with the enemy. And then even historically, Josephus, the historian, he talked about the reason why they talked about the plucking out the right eye. Back then, soldiers, when they would fight, catch this, soldiers, when they would fight, they would hold a shield in their left hand. 
And the shield was about the size of their body. So when they held the shield in their left hand, it would pretty much block their left eye. So only their right eye could give vision and focus. See, they was holding up the shield of faith like we do. So we only got one eye that can truly focus on what the enemy is doing, focus on the direction that we're supposed to take. So the enemy says, I'm going to gouge out your right eye. Why? Because that way he makes you incompetent to be a soldier. You can't fight when your eyes out. You can't fight for somebody else when you can't see for yourself. You gotta, you you got your peripherals off. Just hold your hand over one eye and just see how your vision change. See how your perspective change. See how things change. See the enemy wants you to want your eye to be poked out because he 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 wants your vision to change. He wants your perspective to change. He knows that if he takes your eye out, then your eye, your right eye, your righteous eye, which is looking to God, can't see what God really has already done. I say what he was doing, what God has already done. See, the enemy wants you to see what he's doing, but God wants you to see what he's already done. It's a difference. See, the enemy doing, he's still in the process of doing. God is in the process of done. He says on the cross, it is finished. What more do you want? It's finished. It's done. God ain't working no more. He resting. He says, now I want you to come into this rest, but quit signing up with covenants with the enemy and getting your eye plucked out. And then he didn't even really want to destroy them. He didn't even really want them to be servants. Because once they had their eye plucked out, these soldiers had their eye plucked out, they was of no use. But he could still keep them as what they called tributaries back then, which means they were just to pay taxes to that king. So the enemy just wants you to pay taxes. He want to tax your life. He wants your life to be taxing. Meaning that every time you every time you get blessed, he's going to show up looking like he wants some of yours. Every time you get ahead, he's going to try to pull you and tax you to steps back. That's all he He ain't really trying to kill you. He just want to destroy your spirit. So now that you can be contagious to everybody else and you can talk about how bad the enemy is and join everybody else in on your pity party. He wants you to be a fan for him so that you can go out and spread the flu, the epidemic of despair. But the devil lives a lie. See, because from the moment our feet hit the floor, the enemy of our soul, the serpent, the devil, the Satan, the beast, whatever you want to call him, he's, he, he's, he's set up to bound us in fear, to keep us from moving in God's purpose. That's his whole job. His whole job is to operate us in fear. Because it says in the word what? That God did not give us a spirit of fear. So if God didn't give us a spirit of fear, where did it come from? Where did it come from? It came from the enemy. Because fear is based off of what? Lies. It's false evidence appearing real. False means what? Not true. Not true means what? Lies. And the word says what? That the enemy is what? The father of lies. Meaning he's the projector of lies. Meaning he's the one who creates lies. Meaning he is a lie. He can't do nothing but lie. Even with this covenant he was making with the people, he tell them they gonna he gonna pluck out the right eye, but he probably setting them up with something else. I mean, know the covenant with a devil is gonna probably be you got some fine print that you gonna miss. He gonna change the conditions in the middle of the contract. But these people wouldn't even acknowledge their king. See again, Old Testament is Jesus concealed. Saul, at this point, what we read about later, Saul was already king. 
he had been a, he had been he had been initiated. He had been Samuel had anointed him, blessed him as king. Then they missed him. They cast lots and decided he would be king, but he is still not being inaugurated. See, like Christ, when he came to the earth to do his work, he still had not been inaugurated as king yet. So the people here wasn't even looking at him, look, looking at Saul as being their savior. Because you see in the verse it says, give us seven days to, to see if we can find somebody that, that will deliver us. Give us seven days to see if we can find somebody that'll that'll come come against you, uh, Nahash the serpent. Give us seven days. But see, why you gotta have seven days? Why you gotta have seven days to look for somebody to deliver you when all you gotta do is look for the king who already has delivered you? See, we looking for the answer. Say, give me give me seven days to, to deal with this. Let me worry. Let me toil. Let me twist and turn over this thing. Let me get my eye puffed out over this thing. But when all you gotta do is turn to the king, he's already delivered you. You ain't gotta look for somebody to save you. You already been saved. You already been saved. But because we take our eye over there, see, the enemy wants to keep us in condemnation. Because, see, when we fall down in sin, sin does separate us from God. Sin does create a covenant with the enemy. Because now you're saying, I, I want to do what you do and not what God says do. So sin is, a, sin is a thing that helps establish that covenant. Sin is a thing that helps take us out of the will of God. But the devil keeps bringing that back up into your remembrance over and over again because he really wants it to turn into condemnation. He wants you to be like Adam. He wants you to hide behind the bush in your sin. He meaning run away from the presence of God. Try to hide from God because he knows if you walk in condemnation, you won't look to the king because you won't think that you're eligible to come to the king's court. You won't think that you're worthy to come to the king's court. Well, here's the news for you today. You ain't worthy. You'll never be worthy. You can't be worthy. You can't buy your worthiness. You can't work your worthiness. You can't do your worthiness. You can't pray your worthiness. You can't read the Bible for your worthiness. You can't fast for your worthiness. You will never be worthy to come before the king. But why can we come before the king? Because the king laid himself on the cross and saved us. So the devil lives a lie. Don't make covenants of despair based off of fear. Some people say, well, I don't make a covenant with the devil. Because I know a lot of times people are like, they sold, they sold. I know, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist. So I talk about the Illuminati and all this stuff. And people selling their soul to the devil. So, you know, a lot of people lay in church like, well, I ain't sold my soul to no devil. I ain't like that. But not realizing that you make covenants with the enemy so frequently and so often and, and not realizing it. See, when we make our decisions based on fear, we tend to go astray. How do you make a covenant with the enemy and not even realize it? Say, for instance, you're not married, and you fear God won't give you a spouse or a godly spouse. So then you start dating and choosing on your own accord, on your own understanding. Guess what? You just made a covenant with the enemy because you said, God, you don't know enough. God, you don't understand enough. God, you don't know how hard it is to be out here by myself, sleeping and blown at night and doing all this stuff by myself. You don't know, God, because you ain't you, you, you. I know, I know you. You can handle this over here, but but I gotta find my own man. See, you just. Up into a covenant. Amen. 
you just stepped into a covenant. Or, or you, you fear God can't meet your financial needs. So now you, you refuse to give with an open heart because you say, I got to hold on to this a little bit because I got to pay this and I got to pay Peter and I got to rob Paul to do so. So I, I don't believe God going to provide my need. You just stepped into a covenant. Why am I saying you stepped into a covenant? Because you stepped into fear. Once you step into fear, you in the enemy's domain. Man, you are signing a contract with the enemy. You said, I don't have faith over here in what God said he already done. I got more faith in what I can do and what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to get accomplished. But that's all based off of fear. Because I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on that man. I'm going to miss out on my money. I'm going to miss out on the opportunity. So I'm afraid. I'm operating out of fear. I need to do it now. I got to get it now. I got places to go and people to see and things to do. But you just signed a contract. <laughs> And not even realize it. No, you ain't sold. You're sold to the enemy. But you signed up a covenant contract with your mind. Because now you're operating out of fear-based decisions. Everything is coming up. And you're basing all your decisions off of possibilities. Off of possibilities. And see... We feel we won't, you know, the, the enemy can come in with condemnation and, and you might have been a child at one point and somebody said, well, you, you ain't good at learning and you can't. So now you operate with that whole thing in your mind and you fear that you won't be able to learn. And now, like Job said, the thing I feared the most has now come upon me. The thing I feared the most has now come upon me. See, what happens is when you stop believing that you can influence your future with God, and you set limits of your existence based on what stands in your way and blocks your vision, then you have assigned the contract. Let me say that again. When you decide in your mind that you no longer truly can influence your future with the help of God, and you say, you know what? My limitations are based off of what I see in front of me. I'm trapped by what I see in front of me. I, I, I live right here, so I really can't excel from here. I only got this much money, so I really can't do this. See, money ain't the problem or reason why you can't get, get your thing started or get your business out there. Money ain't the issue. It ain't got nothing to do with it because you don't really need money to get a business. All you need is an idea and that idea to be shared with somebody who got money. But we focus on the money. Because we fear-based decision makers. So you, you, you don't come into agreement with a lie. But you fight yourself. So you sign the contract with Satan. But all the contract is to set you up to fight yourself. And then you become your world own worst enemy. And now the enemy is in me. And you fight yourself. And you'll find every reason to invalidate your future. You, you'll find every, you start defeating yourself. You, stay, you take one step forward, and then like people used to always say, if things going too good right now, something bound to happen. <laughs> the devil is a lie. Everything's been going too good. I don't like when stuff gets going too good, because I know then all hell for the The devil is a lie. Why cannot things be going good and stay going good? Yes, things happen to people and, and bad things happen to good people, but why you got to call it? It's going to show up anyway. Jesus said in the Word, he said, that don't worry about tomorrow. It's got evil of its own. You ain't got to bring it to you. It's going to meet you now. Amen. Don't call it in. Amen. Amen. I know it's hard. I know it's tight, but y'all know it's right. <laughs> Amen. If you're going to call something, what is saying the word of God, people? Power, life, and death is well. 
in the tongue. These people in this world right here, they, they spoke death. Make a covenant with it, please. Please, I'm scared. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next. I heard about you. I heard what you could do. You done went around destroying everybody. Just, just sign a covenant with us and, and please. And then that's what we do with the devil. I saw what he did to my mama. Now. I saw what he did. I saw what that devil did. He had them in that car wreck and they flipped by 30 times. That devil, he saw him. He, Man, that devil, he sold his up to some tree. We, we talk about all the stuff he doing. And don't get me wrong, we are fighting an enemy, but we ain't got to give him no credit. He going to show up and do his thing anyway. That's what he do. He looking and say he going to and fro, seeking whom he can devour. But see, that's the good part. He's seeking who he can devour. He ain't seeking who he can't devour. See, if you can't be devoured, he ain't looking for you. Because some people like to say, oh, there's another lie in the church. You know, if, if the devil ain't attacking you, then you must not be being used by God. Don't get me wrong. Pressing is part of the anointing. Being, going through things. But trust me, you can be anointed of God and the devil don't have to be all up on you every 24 hours a day. Because I, I sometimes might think the reverse is true. It's like, why the devil messing with you all the time? Because he said he's seeking whom he can devour. So he must think he can devour you. He must think that he can take you out. Because he messing with you all the time. I know when I was growing up, I didn't pick fights with the ones I knew could beat me up. I mean, right? You go to fix fights. You bully the people who you know you can beat up. Amen? <laughs> So the devil do the same thing. He ain't stupid now. It says he's cunning, he's stealthy, he's crafty. So why is he going to mess with somebody who's going to take him out? No, he like to mess with the folks who say, please don't bother me. Please, God. Please, you know. Then we start doing these fear-based prayers. Just like the people did right here in this, in this verse. Because look at, look at, the, look at, go back to your verse real quick. Right here in, in, in verse, um, where we at? Verse Verse 4. And 4 is the number of directions. So see, they sent this mess out in all the directions. North, south, east, and west. It says, then the messengers came to Gibla Saul and spoke these words in the hearing of the people. And all the people lifted up their voices and wept. Hmm. Lifted up their voices and wept. Ain't that something? What they crying for? See, you, you, got, you, got, one, you got one group of people who, who, who making a covenant to get their eyes plucked out. Then you got another group of people who fearing that they gonna get their eyes plucked out. Cause they like, if, if they gonna do it to them, they gonna definitely come over here and do it to me. If they hot over there fooling with them folks, then why y'all coming over here and bringing this stuff to me? Cause that means you, he gonna come over here next. I, I know how he operates. I know how the devil do. If he attacked her, he gotta attack me next. I know how he works. So then what we start doing, we start getting into fear-based prayers. Because yeah, your prayers can be fear-based. If it be your will, God, let that devil away from me. God, if, if it be all right with you, God, just please come by here and bless me one. That's fear-based crying and praying. That's not, that's not prayers of strength that says, God, I know that serpent is over there, but he's got a weapon for him, but it shall not prosper because you are a hedge of protection. You said when the enemy rises up like a flood, you will come up like a standard and stand in between. Father God, I know that you have a power, that you are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. You saw this attack before. That's why you said that you will prepare a table before my enemy. So show me where the table at, God, so I 
I can sit down and eat right in front of this chunk. You're either going to pray field-based prayers, which is really worrying, or you're going to pray prayers like a warrior standing on the word of God, knowing what God has already done. You, yeah, I'm, don't get me wrong. I, you get hit. We talked about it last week. You get hit. You get broke. You get down. But take your eight count. And, and dust yourself off and get back up. You're going to take some little scratches and bruises. Ain't nothing wrong with scratches and bruises. Them called testimonies. Right. What did Jesus do to Dow Thomas? Thomas said, man, I don't believe all this stuff you're saying. You got to show me. I don't believe. That's how some people going to be. I don't believe how God really works. Okay, you don't believe him. Look at my scar. This is what I've been through. But I wouldn't have made it through without God. Yeah, go ahead and touch. Touch what I done been through. Touch how I used to smoke what smoke dope. Touch how I used to whore around. Touch how I used to steal stuff that wasn't mine. Touch all that. But look at me now. Your scars is your testimony. But you can't be weeping like these little folks right here saying, oh Lord. And then the bad part about it is they were in Gilbert, which stands for a hill of worship. These folks in, in, in basically in the in the praise and in the worship. They in the house of God. They they standing out. How many church folks like that? See, be careful who you ask to pray for, even in the church. Because see, they might have them feel based prayer. Lord, please, please help my sister out. Please, cause you know she just needs you, God. She just been without you for so long. God, I know you I know you're busy, God, but if you can just spare some time. Lord Jesus, can we move past that? Pray the word of God, people. Because see, when you pray the word of God, God don't know if it's him talking or not. He don't know. The angels don't know. The devil don't know. All they know is the word of God went for. They don't know who spoke it because it all sounds the same. It creates the same tone. When you say a word, it creates tone and reverberation. So when you're speaking the word of God, you're sending a tone out into the earth that's going to reverberate back and forth. He says, my word shall not return to me that's because of reverberation. It hits the ground and does what it's supposed to do and bounces back up to him. He said, yeah, it did what it's supposed to do. But let me sit it down again because somebody else needs to hear it too. Speak the word of God. See, these messages came to the people, but they didn't go to the king. Saul was the king. He lived there and said it was Gilba of Saul. It's where Saul was from. But where did they go? They went to the people. They didn't go to the king. What does that really just represent? It means that sometimes with our issues and our troubles, we go to folks. We go to each other instead of going to the king. Go to God first. Then God will tell you who to talk to. Don't run to the phone first. Run to God first. God, who I need to talk to? Who do I need to come into covenant with? God, who is the real prayer warrior? I ain't looking for them plucked out folks. I'm looking for the folks who can see some things. I want some people who got their head on a swivel. I want some people who are going to protect me in this situation because I'm a little battered and beat down right now. But I know that you said, well, two or more are in the midst, in, the, in agreement, then you in the midst. So God, show me where that second person is. Then you call the person. But we do it in reverse. That girl, that job tripping again. <laughs> I know that right, girl. That's why I quit my job. You might well just, why don't you just sit at home and stuff? You know, your man take care of you, girl. He ain't going to worry about it. Come on. See who God tells you to call first. He said, it says godly counsel. Godly counsel. Not just counsel. See, we so looking for counsel and confirmation. Oh, Lord, that was a confirmation. I heard that last week and somebody else said it again. Let me knock on wood because that confirmation, it done confirmed. And you sending out on, you you walking out on confirmation that was from the covenant of the enemy. My God. 
And all that's been confirmed is that the enemy is trying to take you down. Because the word out of a season, the, the right word in the wrong season is still wrong. Somebody will catch that when they get home. But see, they tune out the word of God because they had that spirit of fear. But God didn't want to give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. But see, when we operate in fear, we listen to, we listen to the foreigner's voice. See these messengers that came in the Gilbert and they done upset the whole daggone town. They like they they are so there plotting and planning. They they setting up a covenant with it, but they gonna give seven days to to to, to work some things out. When y'all come help us, when when y'all come and do something with us, please help. But instead of instead of them stepping up like warriors, they started crying. They started crying. So he done ran up on some Christian punks. Some ones who really ain't got the what they say they got. Who, who really ain't really about it. They 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 know how to say a chandelier, hama hama ha, and a Honda over here and a, and a hallelujah over there. They know how to do all that stuff and, and dress right and talk right and carry the Bible right and quote fifty thousand scriptures. But when the trouble hit the road, they the first one running. Come on, man. See if you really want to know what you got, wait till some adversity show up. Then you're going to see, because it says they lifted up their voices in well. So they should have been lifting up their voices in praise. They should have been lifting up their voices in prayer. They should have been lifting up their voices, but they sitting there crying, because all they thinking about is, Lord, it's only a matter of time for it get over here. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. People bring generational curses onto themselves. Yeah, boy, my mama had this disease and my daddy was like that, so I guess it's just running the family. Why has it got to run in the family? Somebody can stop it from running. If it started running, it can stop running. Why are you shooting a firing gun? Why are you shooting the mouth off? Talking about ready, start, go. Run through this family. The devil is a lie. Set up a barrier so when you run, you run on up in here if you want to. I got 66 bullets and I'm going to shoot everyone I'm matching. Like my granddad used to say, you might walk in here, but they're going to carry you out. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But we got to understand how, how we operate. They, they, they operate out of, out, of, out of fear because they didn't see no hope for deliverance. They, they figured all this stuff was going to happen to everybody. Be careful of who your messengers are. If they don't have no hope, if they don't have expectation over their life and operate with expectation in their life, why are you talking to them? Why are you dealing with them? Because they got a pity party going on every day. You don't matter when you show up, that same party going to be there. You can call them two years from now and it's sound you just talked to them yesterday because they'll be still right where they was two years ago. Why are you still dealing with them? Why are you still allowing them to be messengers in your ear? Sending a mess to your ear to engage your ear. That's what a messenger is. is they, they send a mess to engage you so that you can be stuck where you are. Don't be that way. Making fear-based decisions. Amen? Amen. Making fear-based decisions. Being like these people right here crying and, and all this stuff and and acting a fool cause a what Nahash, some little desperate that don't even really have no real power. How I many know the enemy don't really have power? All the main power he has is power of suggestion. Just like he came to Christ in the wilderness, if you is the son of God. If 
If you is the son of God, why you over here starving? Why you ain't got nothing? I thought you was God. I thought you could make rocks in the bread. You over here starving. Your stomach touching your back. And you out here starving. And, but you supposed to be God. I thought you was God. I thought you went to church. I thought you read the Bible. Why ain't you prospering? Why ain't you got no car? Why ain't you got a good job? Why are people treating you bad? Why they, I thought you was a church man. I thought you was a man of God. <laughs> Because he's suggesting something to you. He's trying to suggest a lie. He's trying to get you to believe a lie. He's trying to question your identity. He's trying to question you to make you start saying, well, if, if I was the son of God, then why is this happening? If I, if I, see, trying to get you to do that if, but if, I, if is I fail, because see, I falter. Every time you start ifing, then you failing because you're saying, if, if, if God did, if God already has, God already has. Yeah, your sin separates you. Your sin will take you away from the presence of God. But guess what? God will atone for that. He says, all you got to do is confess. All you got to do is say, God, okay, I was wrong. I was messed up. I did it wrong. I tried it my way. I tried to do it to my own understanding. But now I'm stuck in this hole. But you ain't got to be in the hole. You ain't got to be condemned in the hole. All you got to do is step out and say, you know what, God? I'm wrong. Now make it right. Amen. But then God will say, it's already right. <laughs> I ain't got to make it. It's already right. I just waiting on you to come and accept the right. I was just waiting on you to come and get in the right position where right was. Right always been here. Right ain't never left. Right ain't going nowhere. You the one who stepped out of right. But now you right back where you right need to be. Amen. But guess what? Be careful of your messenger. Because that's why it says incline your ear. Faith come by hearing. But guess what? If faith come by hearing, the devil ain't stupid. He know what works. See, he know what work more than we do. So he's sitting there, he's saying, hmm, faith come by here and hearing the word of God. So then, hmm, these people, when they hear something, it develops something in them. It creates something in them. It builds something up. It stirs something up in them. God used that system. So then why don't I just use the same thing? Fear comes by hearing, but hearing the word of Satan. It's the same thing. So now you take it in, you hearing it, and now now you starting to process it because the devil know how fertile our mind is, and he's starting to process. It. Then he'll send some help, some messages along, and they'll start speaking it, speaking it into your ear, and now you lifting up your voice in in prayers of crying. But here we go. I'm closing out with the best part right here. The best part right here, because see what we really trying to get to is be like in verse five. It says, "Now behold, Saul." which is the king, represents the king, was coming from the field behind the oxen, and he said, what's the matter? What are you people crying for? I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, I like to do that. What, what's wrong? What, what you crying for? So then he said, they related him the words of the men of Jabesh. So they told Saul the same stuff. So you can't block the messenger. You can't block that mess he's trying to bring to you, but how you accept it, or if you accept it, is up to you. You can decide to accept it or not. The package can come, the weapon can form, but it ain't got to prosper. Right, right. It ain't got to prosper. Because see, this is what Saul did. He said, they related the words of the men of Jabez. They told him the same thing they told everybody else. But they go to the good part. Verse number six. It says, then the spirit of God came upon Saul mightily when he heard these words and he became very angry. 
Saul, when he heard this, instead of him crying, the Spirit of God came upon him so strong and so hard that it says he became angry. That's called righteous indignation. When that mess came in his ears, he's like, and they're talking about what the devil over here doing. What? He's like, what? What, they, what y'all crying for? <laughs> y'all don't know who this is? He ain't nobody. He just talk a big game. He just look like he got stuff going on. He just look like he in control. But he ain't nobody. He just his his bark is worse than his bite. Matter of fact, he ain't even got no teeth. <laughs> he barks so loud because he don't want you to figure out he don't know how to bite. And then Saul ends up doing what? He calls a he calls a war together because it says then he took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces. That was symbolic back then when they would do that. Is that that was, and it says he sent them out throughout the territory by the hand of the messengers. So they came with one thing, but he sent them away with something else. He he, he was kind of like Nehemiah. He said he told he told Sam uh, Sam Ballard and Tobiah and all this. He said I ain't coming off this wall. I got work to do. So. Saul did the same thing. He's like, yeah, y'all came with this mess, but let me send something else back out. I'm sending out a war cry. I'm sending out a clarion call. I'm sending out a thing to say, well, no, we all finna get together. We all finna stand in the intercession for this thing. We all finna come as one in this thing. We finna stand up against this thing called Nahash. Nahash. We not finna deal with this because that's what the oxen was. He sent them all out to to the different groups of people. And then it said, then he, then he gave him a warning, but he was just showing up as himself as king. He said, whoever does not come out after Saul and after Samuel, so shall it be done to his oxen. Basically, he's saying, if you don't sign up for this war, then guess what? The same thing that, that I've done to these oxen, I'm going to do to your oxen. I'm going I'm to I'm strip away your stuff. Now, some people say, well, that might be fear. They might have came based off of fear because I come to if you're going to kill all my cattle. But this is what he's really saying. He's saying that, and this, this, is, this is where you see the, the type of God, because Saul represents king, and Samuel the prophet, the mind of God. So you got the, you got the Christ and you got God right here in, in, in a tight form. And what he's saying right here, he's saying, he's saying choose this day who you're going to serve. Mm-hmm. Choose this day whose side you on. You're going to come after me and God. Or you're going to be done just like these oxen. You're going to be destroyed. You're going to be destroyed anyway. So you might as well come after me. You might as well come because I'm where the protection is. I'm where the power is. I'm where the authority is. See, that's what Saul was doing. He was setting up his authority. He was saying, this is time to fight. Then I like it says, then the the dread of the Lord fell on the people and they came out as one man. Unity. They came out together. They came out as one. They came out to fight as one. Saul issues the call to war, and then they show up in unity. They show up in power. They show up in strength. Because you read down on in the verses, you see that it was 330,000 all showed up like, where he at? <laughs> what, what's going on? Let's fight. 
I accept the call. And that's what we got to do as people of God today. We got to accept the call. You are already in the war anyway, so accept the call and join the team. Get off the fear-based team. Come over to the faith-based team, the team where already is won. Because if you keep reading on through the verses, guess what? Saul take them out. He, he utterly destroys Nahai. But that's, again, that's a type of Jesus. Because Saul takes out the serpent, and what does Jesus do on the cross? He takes out the serpent. It's already been done. See, we fighting a defeated foe. So what you fighting for? You fighting a defeated foe, what you fighting for? Why? See, sometimes we fight the devil for no reason. Why? It's like we, we waiting on him to show up. He's already defeated. He's just trying to take somebody else down with him. He already defeated. It's, it's in the book. It's, it's right here. You read it for yourself. I'm not making it up. He's already been defeated. We find an enemy that already has met his end. Amen? Amen. Has already met his end. And that's what we got to understand is that we got to have confidence in what God has already done. We got to have confidence in what God has already done. Amen? Amen. Amen. Quit making covenants of despair with the enemy. God is a God that has filled us with all hope. He's given us the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us and teach us and to strengthen us. Quit making these covenants with the enemy. Again, I know you ain't sold your soul to the devil. If you have, then hurry up and run to the altar. But, 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 but don't make those little bitty contracts. Because you'll line up enough of them contracts throughout the while that you don't even, you twisting and turning, don't even realize why. It's kind of like your email. You know, you sign up for all these newsletters and all this stuff, and you get all this junk mail, and then your email got 10,000. You're like, I don't even remember signing up for all this stuff. Well, that's what the enemy had you doing, signing up for all these little mini contracts. You're like, I don't even remember signing up for all this. I don't, I don't remember signing up for all this fear. Why is this stuff all up on me right now? Why is this fear upon me? And what we got to understand is we got to have confidence. The word of God says what? Cast not away your confidence. Don't throw away what God has already done. If you don't leave with nothing else out of all the stuff I said, I know I said a lot. Leave with this. The devil do it. But God already done. The finished work. He's already done. Everything we're looking for is already done. That's why he just says, seek and you shall find. Because he knows it's already over there. It's found. It's done. But you gotta see. You gotta ask. You gotta knock. You gotta do, you gotta do your part, but the fine work is that but he go to the beauty part. And you gotta do it by yourself. You ain't gotta do it by yourself. We got a Holy Spirit that all we gotta do is say, Holy Spirit, the teacher, the comforter. See, he's both. He's the teacher and the comforter. He's the comforter because he knows we're gonna get down sometime. He knows we're gonna get broken, busted, and disgusted sometime. He say, Come on, pick yourself back up. Don't let don't sign that contract. Don't get your eye puffed out. Just keep looking at me. So now you're looking at me now. I can teach you where it's at. Keep walking this way. You're on the right path. I know it seems like it's taking a long time. I know it seems like people talking about you because they're saying, Why you ain't made? Why you ain't arrived yet? But see, that's what the enemy wants you to do.